Welcome to the MVP Podcast. Today is October 15th, 2020. Let's get to the MVP talk. So the New York Jets have just cut Le'Veon Bell after a season and like a little bit more than a fourth of a season with the team. This frees up some cap space for the Jets and allows Bell to test free agency and go try to find a team that is the right fit for him. So what happened here? Why why did the Jets cut this all-pro running back that they just signed to a massive contract less than two seasons ago? Well, for starters, they signed him to a $27 million deal, which is a lot of money. So getting rid of that by cutting him is a big help to their cap space if they're trying to utilize that and keep some space open to make some roster moves. On top of that, Adam Gase never really wanted him there in the first place. It was kind of the last GM's decision to bring him in, and Gase kind of pushed back on it. And this decision, or this thought feeling from Gase, really showed on the field. Bell wasn't involved in the offense as he'd like to be, and really just didn't get as many touches or wasn't as productive as he was when he was in Pittsburgh. But Bell hung around because he wanted to be a team player. But the tension was building every time, every week he was not involved in the offense. And you could tell that he was just kind of visibly frustrated with the team, but was trying to keep it in and be a good team player and stick around and stick with this team that he had committed to. So it finally boiled over after last week and Bell met with coach Adam Gase and GM Joe Douglas. They decided to mutually part ways after they kind of had floated out some trade options to a bunch of teams but nobody was interested so that's when they decided to just cut him and take the six million dollar hit that they're gonna have to pay him this year but it's not as much as they would have had to pay him had they kept him on the roster so what was what's the problem with the Jets here why do they keep getting these all pro talents and having to move them because of different issues the bell move is understandable. They've had problems with the, with their offense, and he hasn't been as productive, but they also haven't been using him to his strengths. So, I mean, if you're not going to use him and use him properly, then what's the point of having him? So that's the issue you had with Bell. And then most recently, they they were dealing with Jamal Adams. So, I mean, what, what are you doing? You're, you're all pro, second-year safety wants to get traded? Like you should be able to keep these guys for longer than a year or two without them becoming totally pissed off and wanting out. And this, this, the Adams trade was kind of like a domino effect for bell because Adams convinced bell to come to the jets. And then bell was mad because he's dipping on him. So to wrap up the jets kind of need to figure out how to treat their stars better. They need it to be a destination where people want to come to play because it's New York, it's the bright lights, they've got a good culture and you can win there, and not because they can just throw the most money at them because it's clearly not working for them. So I think that they need to dump Adam Gase. I think he's awful, and I think that's where they need to start rebuilding back the culture. Um, Gase hasn't shown anything in his times as multiple head coach. So you need to dump him, find some young, fun guy, kind of like how the Rams found McVay, get something going where you can have some energy around the team a little bit and get back that winning or get to a winning culture in New York City. I think they also need to make better decisions when it comes to their talent. They let Roby Anderson walk and he's killing it for the Panthers. So, I mean, <sighs> Darnold could use some more targets. So, 
I don't understand why they're letting their talented guys walk and they're trading away all their talented players. Like they've got to find a better way to treat their stars and be on better terms with their stars and be a player friendly organization. So the Jets have a lot of things that they need to fix in this off season or in this season and into the next off season, if they want to be successful and it's going to start with building a winning culture and finding a new coach. So now let's wrap up on bell. I'm going to give my top five best destinations slash places. I want him to go. So we'll start with number five. I think Seattle could be a good fit here. He could be a nice one-two punch with Chris Carson and a nice compliment as a pass catcher to, to Russell. The Seahawks throw the ball a lot, so getting Bell out of the backfield could be really nice for them and a nice compliment to Carson, and it would also be a nice upgrade from Carlos Hyde as their second back. At number four, I've got the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins running backs haven't been as good as they would like to be. Gaskin's been solid, and but they need like a guy that that – that can have the power and can really be getting touches around the goal line. And I think this is where Bell could come in. He runs between the tackles pretty solid. He's a lot more elusive and can get into space better, but you could use him as your goal line back and a power back in those situations. So he could be a nice mix up between these other guys. And it's a nice place for him to go in Miami. And it could be a place where he could earn his next contract. I think this could be the best spot for that, where he could come in as a starter, play on a, below average Dolphins team hopefully get some touches and hopefully show that he can still play at number three I've got the Bears they are interesting because they lost Tark Cohen so they're looking for kind of that second back they've been trying to use Cordell Patterson as like a receiving back and giving him a little carries but having Bell could be a nice compliment to David Montgomery and you could do you do those things that you've been trying to have Cordell Patterson do but actually from like a pro bowl running back so I think Bell could be a nice fit in Chicago could help them make their playoff push and number two I got the Pats I feel like the Pats are always interested in ex-pro bowlers that are just got released add him to the Cam Newton group um why not add Bell as well they have a nice rushing attack but with Sony Michelle out, they could use another back that's a little bit more power and not as receiver much as a receiver because they've got Rex Burkhead and James White who are mostly receiving backs. They need somebody that they can just hand the ball off to a lot of times a game and really carry the workload when it comes to rushing the ball, but can also catch out of the backfield and can probably do some stuff next to Cam that could be pretty interesting. So I think the Pats could be a pretty interesting landing spot for Bell. My top one... This one I think would be the most fun in my opinion, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. I think having Kyler and Hopkins and Bell on the same team would make their skill players a lot of fun to watch. I think that they could use him because Kenyon Drake has not been that great this season, and they could really just use an established running back that can get them some yards and be consistent every week. Chase Edmonds has been solid, but throw Bell in the mix with Drake and Edmonds, and they've got a that would be a nice boost to their offense, and that'd be a nice three back rotation. So I think the Cardinals would be fun. Seeing him with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins would be a lot of fun. So I would think the Cardinals would be my top destination for Le'Veon Bell. We've got a great show for you guys today. We're gonna kick it off with covering the Tuesday night game between the Bills and the Titans. Then we're going to move into NFL Week 6 preview. We're going to go over my best bets of the weekend, and we're going to finish off with TV time where we're going to talk about one of my all-time favorite shows, Chuck. 
So let's get to it. Hope you guys enjoy the show today. We're going to finish off week five with the Titans and Bills. That was on Tuesday night. Titans got the win in this one, 42-16. So my money line pick of Buffalo is a loser, as well as my spread pick of Buffalo minus 3.5. Tennessee improves to 4-0, while Buffalo falls to 4-1. So Tennessee came into this one off of their COVID bye week and really didn't look like they hadn't practiced in a couple weeks. They were really good and really put it to the Bills. It was really a solid game early on, and then later on, late in the second half, the Titans kind of took over and really helped push that lead to that 42-16. to 16. It was a lot close. In my opinion, it was a lot closer than what the score shows, but the Titans did make a nice late push that really sealed the game for them. Josh Allen wasn't as good as he has been in this one. He had a couple interceptions and struggled a little bit to get the Bills down the field, so we'll have to see if their offense can be a little bit more consistent next week. I'm sure playing on a Tuesday night is weird, but I mean, a couple extra days of practice, no excuse to look bad on a Tuesday night. But on the other hand, Ryan Tannehill was amazing. He was really good. And along with Derrick Henry led them to the win. The two of them were really good. And AJ Brown had a solid game for them as well. So the Titans really look good and look like a dark horse team, in the AFC. So that's a team we should watch out, out for. They're still undefeated. And, that division in AFC South is kind of up for grabs. I mean, they're front runners right now with the Colts slipping up against the Browns, but the Texans and the Jags don't look very good. So the Titans could be the AFC South champ come the end of the season. And they're looking like they're positioning themselves to be in that position right now. So now some fantasy guys for this week. We'll start with the Titans coming in at number three was Derrick Henry. He had 19 carries for 57 yards, two touchdowns, as well as one catch for six yards. Number two was A.J. Brown. He had seven catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. And their top guy was Ryan Tannehill. He had 195 yards, three touchdowns, and four rushes for 42 yards and a touchdown. For the Bills, coming in at number three was T.J. Yeldon. He had seven carries for 52 yards, as well as one catch for 22 yards and a touchdown. At number two was Josh Allen. He had 263 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, and four rushes for 18 yards. And their top guy was Stephon Diggs, who had 10 catches for 106 yards. NFL Week 6 Preview. So I wanted to update you guys on my picks. So after the Bills game... I was 8 and 6 money line last week and 6 and 8 versus the spread last week which pushes my totals to 30 14 and 1 versus the money line when or when picking the money line and 27 and 18 versus the spread. So this week we're going to go through the games like we did last week. We're going to start with some of the stay away games this week, stuff that you should probably not be gambling on. Then we're going to move into the in-betweeners. These are kind of the Pick your poison games. If you want to bet on them, go for it. If not, I totally understand, but these are kind of the games that are a little bit more leaning, but not a lock. And then we're going to move on and finish up with the locks and best bets. So let's get to week six of the NFL. 
We're going to kick off week six with Falcons versus Vikings. This game will be at one o'clock in Minnesota. Coming into this one, the Vikings are one and four and the Falcons are 0 and five. The money line on this is Minnesota minus 186 and Atlanta plus 163, with the spread being Minnesota minus three and a half. So I'm going to pick Minnesota money line and Minnesota minus three and a half. I think that they've shown that they aren't as bad as their record shows, at least in my opinion. And I think the Falcons have shown the opposite. I keep trying to give the Falcons a chance every week. I keep picking them, and they just keep proving me wrong. So I'm not going to keep fooling myself. I'm taking the Vikings with the money line and the spread here. I think it could be a tight one, and the Falcons could rebound and show that they've fixed their ways. But the Vikings have looked pretty solid, in my opinion, and I think that they're going to get the win in this one. They do have Dalvin Cook out, so they're going to have to find ways to move the ball without him, which I think will come in the pass game to Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And I think Alexander Madsen was good last week, and he should be good this week. So I expect the Vikings to get this win at home and improve to 2-4 and four and get back on track to try and get back in this division race. Some fantasy guys to look out for this week. We'll start with the Vikings. Coming in at number three, I've got Kirk Cousins. I think they're going to have to pass a good amount this weekend to, to keep up with the Falcons and just to kind of keep a lead. So look for Kirk Cousins to put up similar numbers to what he's been doing the past few weeks. And number two is Adam Thielen. He's good for probably at least one touchdown every game. So if they can get down the field and get on the board, Thielen's most likely going to get into the end zone. He's one of Cousins' top targets, so he's always going to get catches and get targeted Um near the end zone. At number one, I got Alexander Madsen. The Vikings like to run the ball, and he had a lot of carries last week after Dalvin Cook went out. So I expect them to continue to run the ball with him and run it effectively. For the Falcons, coming in at number three, I've got Todd Gurley. He's been pretty solid the last few weeks, so I expect them to continue to run the ball and get him the ball effectively. At number two, I've got Julio Jones. He's their best receiver. If they're going to win this game or compete in this game, he's going to have to be good. So I expect him to compete, and I expect him to be good. And at number one, I've got Calvin Ridley. Same thing with Julio Jones. He's been a rock for them, and if they're going to compete, they need him to be good. So I expect him to continue to be putting up points like he has all season and continue to produce for your fantasy team. Next up, we got the Giants versus Washington football team. This one will be a 1 o'clock game in New York. The Giants come into this one 0-5, and, and Washington comes in at 1-4. and The money line on this is Washington plus 125 and New York minus 141, with the spread being New York minus 2.5. I'm going to take Washington in this one, money line and plus 2.5. I think both teams stink in this one, so that's why it's a stay-away game. And I really struggled to make a pick, but I think I'm going to go with Washington money line and spread here. I just think they have a better defense, and I think Kyle Allen will be much better this week than he was last week. So I don't expect this to be a great game. It's kind of a toss-up. If I was going to pick this game, I'd go with Washington and then take the plus points too just to be safe. But I don't know. Both of these teams are really bad, and there's not really much – that's going to be fun about this game. So it'll probably end up predicting who's going to be in in the hunt for the division. This division is so bad, but ugh, yikes. 
so some fantasy guys. We'll start with Washington. Coming in at number three is Terry McLaurin. He's been consistent all year. He's their top receiver, so look for him to score points again and look for Kyle Allen to get him the ball. Number two is Kyle Allen. I think both teams are going to have to throw in this game, so Kyle Allen's going to have to be effective passing the ball and get you some fantasy points if Washington is going to have any sort of success. And at number one, I've got Antonio Gibson. Hopefully they've got a lead and they can give him some more carries this week, but he's also been pretty good as a pass catcher and a dual threat option out of the backfield. So he's going to get you some points regardless of whether they're up or down in this game. For the Giants, coming in at number three, I've got Darius Slayton. He's been consistent all year. He's been one of their top targets. Look for him to continue to put up numbers and put up fantasy points. Number two, I got Devontae Freeman. He's kind of taken over as their lead back. So if they're up, he's going to get some carries and he's going to get some touches throughout the game anyways just because he's their best running back out of their backfield right now so look for Freeman to get you some solid points and number one is Daniel Jones he's going to be throwing a lot is my guess playing from behind against a good Washington defense so look for Daniel Jones to score some points I don't expect you to have him in your lineup but he should be able to get some passing yards probably a little over 200. Lions versus Jags This one will be played in Jacksonville at 1 o'clock. Coming into this one, the Lions are 1-3 and and the Jags are 1-4. The money line on this is Detroit minus 186 and Jacksonville plus 163, with the spread being Detroit minus 3.5. I like the Lions in this one, so I'm going to take that money line in minus 3.5. I just think the Jags have regressed and are the team we all thought they were coming into the season, being one of the worst teams in football. And the Lions are definitely not good, but they're not as bad as the Jags, in my opinion. I think Matthew Stafford should be able to make enough plays to get them the win, and their defense should be able to slow down Minshew and the Jags enough to get at least a touchdown victory. They've beaten, they beat a good Cardinals team earlier this season for their one win. So, I mean, they can compete with these good teams, and they should be able to beat bad teams, so I expect them to get the win in this one. Some fantasy guys to look out for this weekend. We'll start with the Lions. Coming in at number three, I've got Marvin Jones. He's one of their top guys at receiver, so he should be able to get some catches and get some yardage for you. At number two, I've got Kenny Galladay. Just like Jones, he's another. He's their other top target. So the two of them should be getting consistent targets and consistent catches and consistent yardage week in and week out. Hopefully Marvin Jones hasn't been great this year, but hopefully that kind of turns around and Matt Stafford can get him the ball a little bit more. And that leads to my top guy, Matthew Stafford. He's their rock. He's one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks in the league. And I think that he'll do everything necessary to get the Lions the win this week. Coming in at number three for the Jags, I've got DJ Chark. He's been pretty good the last few weeks. Minshew likes to get him the ball, and he's a pretty big body in the red zone. So look for Chark to get some touchdowns and score, hopefully, for the Jags this week. At number two, I've got Gardner Minshew. He's been good, not starter quality, but for them, he's been one of their top fantasy performers all year, and I expect him to continue to just be a solid quarterback for the Jags. And number one is James Robinson. He's slow. He's starting to move up into that top running back area. He's been consistently good all season, and you probably had to pick him up in one of your leagues, and if you did, you probably scored big time. So look for James Robinson to have another good week for the Jags. Next up, we got Panthers versus Bears. This one will be a 1 o'clock game in Carolina. 
coming into this one, the Bears are four and one, and the Panthers are three and two. It looks like McCaffrey won't be back this week. So that stinks for fantasy owners that have him and for Carolina fans. So it looks like we'll have to wait one more week. So I'm going to take Chicago in this one. The money line in this is Chicago plus 125 and Carolina minus 141. And the spread is Carolina minus two and a half. So I think the Bears D will have enough, will do enough to slow down Teddy and Davis and slow down all the rushing and passing attack Davis has had over the last few weeks. I think Foles will do enough to get the Bears in the end zone and score them points to get the win in this one. This is in my stay away category because I have been impressed with what Carolina has done this season, especially without McCaffrey. And also the lines are just weird to me. There's just something going on. Why are the Bears underdogs? Like I guess it's in Carolina, but Bears being dogs in this one is kind of uh, funky to me. So that's why I'm going to put this in my stay away category. I just feel like they should be favorites, but I don't know. So that's why it's a stay away. But if you're going to bet on this game, I would take the Bears. It's nice that they're dogs, and it's nice that you get two and a half. For fantasy, we'll start with the Bears. Coming in at number three, I've got Nick Foles. He's been pretty solid the last few weeks. I expect him to continue to be solid and to get his receivers the ball. At number two, I've got Allen Robinson. He's been one of their top, one of their top receiving targets every week. So Foles seems to get him the ball a good amount. So look for Allen Robinson to put up some points. And the guy I got at the top is David Montgomery. He's been he was consistent last week, so I expect him to be able to run the ball pretty well against Carolina defense. Coming in at number three for Carolina, I got Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater. He was really good the last two weeks, so I expect him to keep up his hot streak and continue to play well against a tough Bears defense. At number two, I've got Robbie Anderson. He's been killing it for them. He should continue to keep killing it as their number two option behind DJ Moore. So look for Roby Anderson to put up some points for you once again. The top guy is Mike Davis. He's been great filling in for McCaffrey. So I expect him to continue to keep that up and keep up his high production when it comes to scoring fantasy points out of the backfield for Carolina. Next up on my stay away list, I've got Texans versus Titans. This one is a one o'clock game in Tennessee, I think. It's a 1 o'clock game. I'm not sure since the Titans played on Tuesday, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to remain as a 1 o'clock game in Tennessee on Sunday. Coming into this one, the Titans are 4-0, and and the Texans are 1-4. and The money line in this is Texans plus 148 and Titans minus 167, the spread being Titans minus 3. So I thought the Titans looked really good on Tuesday versus the Bills. Only a few games, only a few days until their next game, so they might not be as fresh, but... They had a couple weeks off where they weren't really practicing, so they've really only played one real football contest in the last couple weeks. So they should hopefully be fresh and be able to come into Sunday's game not banged up and ready to go versus the Texans. This one's a toss-up game, though, because the Texans are coming off a nice win after getting rid of Bill O'Brien and looks like they could be making a turnaround. These are also division rivals, and with this short week for Tennessee and the circumstances going on in in Houston this is just a weird one so I'm gonna take Tennessee money line and Tennessee minus three because I thought they looked good last week but on the short week and division rivals and everything that is the storylines behind this game you never really know so some fantasy guys we'll start with Tennessee these guys are all pretty prominent for them on Tuesday and I expect that to continue next week 
So coming in at number three, I've got A.J. Brown. He was really good. I mentioned him earlier in the show. At number two was Ryan Tannehill. Mentioned him earlier as well. He's going to be continue to be consistent if they're going to get wins. And at number one is Derrick Henry. If he does what he did against the Bills and continues to be one of the top rushers in the league, then they should be able to beat the Texans. For the Texans, coming in at number three, I've got Will Fuller. They're going to need him and Watson to be on the same page if they're going to get a win here. Whenever the two of them have been hooking up, they've been pretty successful. At number two is David Johnson. They're going to have to establish the run to be able to mix it up against Tennessee. So David Johnson's going to have to be successful and get some nice carries if they're going to be able to be successful and get a win. Number one is Deshaun Watson. He's the driving force of that team. If he sucks, they suck. When he's good, they're good. So he's going to have to be really good and be really on his game like he was last week if they're going to get a win. Up next, we've got Packers versus Bucks. This one will be at 425 in Tampa Bay. Coming into this one, the Packers are 4-0 and the Bucks are 3-2. The money line is Packers minus 137 and Tampa Bay plus 150, the spread being Green Bay minus 2.5. This one should be one of the better games of the afternoon, but I'm going to take Green Bay in this one with the money line and the spread of minus 2.5. I think they've shown that they're the team to beat in the NFC right now, and the Bucks have been up and down and that weird play last week, who knows what's going to happen, but the Packers have been firing on all cylinders on both sides of the ball. Well, not as much on defense. They've been giving up a lot of points, but they've also been scoring a lot of points. So their offense has been firing, and I expect them to be able to dissect the Tampa Bay defense and Rodgers to really come out with the win. This one's in my in my stayaways because Tampa Bay could really use a win, and this would be a big win over an NFC top NFC team so it could help position them for a playoff bye come the end of the season so Brady and the Bucks could be coming out playing really scrappy and really want it because they know how big of a game it is so that's why I'm going to keep it a toss-up game this should be a great game should be a fun one to watch in the afternoon but I'm going to take Green Bay with both the spread and the money line here some fantasy guys we'll start with the Packers Coming in at number three, I've got Aaron Jones. He's been great all year, and I expect him to continue to just be great and continue to just pound. At number two, I've got Devontae Adams. Hopefully with him back, Rodgers will have an extra target, and he should be able to get some catches and maybe a touchdown against this Tampa Bay defense. At number one, i got Aaron Rodgers. He's in that MVP conversation. He's been unreal all year. Coming off a bye week, he should be fresh and ready to go and ready to come out and kill Tampa Bay. For Tampa Bay, at number three, I've got Mike Evans. He's been consistent. He's a big body. He's going to get some red zone catches, so look for Mike Evans to get you some points. Number two is Chris Godwin. He's been just as good, so look for Godwin to be getting some catches, yardage all over the field this week. And at number one, i got Tom Brady. I expect him to be playing from behind and being a shootout, so I expect Brady to throw the ball a lot and get those two receivers I mentioned before the ball. So look for Brady to get you some points this week and it to be a high-scoring affair between the Packers and the Bucks. Last up on the stay-away slate, I've got Chiefs versus Bills. This one will be uh, at 5 o'clock on Monday in Buffalo. Coming into this one, both teams are 4-1. and one. The money line in this is Kansas City minus 195, Buffalo plus 170 with the spread being Kansas City minus 3.5. So I'm going to take Kansas City money line and Kansas City minus three and a half. I wasn't very impressed with the Bills on Tuesday. Their defense couldn't really stop the Titans and had a few chances to force a punt and 
get back in the game, but let them get the first down or had a penalty that caused a first down. So I wasn't too impressed with the Bills' defense, and their offense struggled. So they're going to have to limit turnovers and find ways to slow down the Chiefs' offense a little bit if they're going to get the win in this one. They can't be giving Mahomes extra chances to score because he'll take advantage and he'll annihilate them. On top of that, the Chiefs lost last week, so they're looking for a bounce back. So I kind of expect them to bounce back and win. There's not very many times the Chiefs will lose two games in a row, and I don't expect that to start right now. So I expect the Chiefs to win, and I'll take them minus three and a half. I like them to win at least by at least a touchdown. For fantasy, we'll start with the Chiefs. Coming in at number three is Travis Kelsey. He's one of the top tight ends in the league. He always tries somehow ends up finding a way into the end zone. He's going to be consistent for you for fantasy. Number two is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's been good this season. They run the ball and get him the ball, pass catching out of the backfield, so he's always going to get you some points. He should be a starting running back every week. And number one is Patrick Mahomes. He's the top one of the top quarterbacks week in, week out. He's always throwing, so he's going to get you a bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns. For the Bills, coming in at number three, I've got Devin Singletary. He's had a solid year for them. He's been catching as well as running, so he's going to get multiple catches as well as a bunch of carries, so that's always nice to have from your running back. And number two is Stephon Diggs. He's been kind of a more surprise pick this year, but I, I think that he's still one of the top receivers in the league. He's really good, and now he's got a great quarterback throwing to him, so I expect him to continue to keep putting up points like he has all season. At number one is Josh Allen. He's a dark horse MVP guy. He struggled last week, but this week against Kansas City, he should be able to show off his arm talent against Patrick Mahomes, and they should really get into a shootout, and this should be a high-scoring affair. So I expect Josh Allen to have another good week and put up a lot of points again versus the Chiefs. We're going to kick off the in-between slate with Dolphins versus Jets. This one will be at 4.05 in Miami. Miami comes in at 2-3, and three and the Jets come in at 0-5. The money line on this one is Miami minus 400 and the Jets plus 330, with the spread being Miami minus 9.5. This one's in my in-betweener because Miami looked really good last week against San Francisco, and if they can carry it over to this week, they're probably going to kill the Jets. But I don't think Miami's that great, and I think that they can be inconsistent. So it's going to be kind of hit or miss whether they're going to be clicking again or not. So that's where I'm hesitant. I think this one, you sh- if you're going to bet this game, you should take the Dolphins' money line but be cautious of the 9.5 spread because even though they did kill San Francisco, you never know what could happen this week. It does look like the Jets are going to have Darnold back, so that should help them. So we'll see if they can keep it close, but I'm my picks for this week are going to be Miami- money line in Miami minus nine and a half. So we'll see if Miami can carry over what they did last week and continue to keep putting up points and really put it on the Jets. So some fantasy guys this week. We'll start with Miami coming in at number three. I've got Devontae Parker. He's uh, one of their top targets, so he should be able to get some catches. And if they're putting up points like, like last week, the odds of him getting a touchdown are pretty high. At number two, I got Miles Gaskin. Same reasons I put Parker. He's been solid. He had a decent week last week. He had a down week a couple weeks ago, but 
he's if they're going to be putting up points like they did last week, he's going to be getting touches and he's going to be getting in the end zone. The odds of that are very high. And at number one, I've got Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's been slinging the ball as well as rushing pretty well. So he should be able to get you some consistent points if you need somebody at quarterback. At number three uh, for the Jets, I've got Frank Gore. The loss of Bell, it seems like he'll be having a lot more carries for them and he'll be a key part of their offense. At number two is Jameson Crowder. He's been one of the top receivers for them all season and he's been pretty consistent. So look for him to keep that up. And at number one, I've got Sam Darnold. Hopefully in his comeback, he can look good and put up some good fantasy points and bounce back from that injury that he had. Cowboys Cardinals. This one will be the second of our two Monday night football games this week, and it'll be played in Dallas. Coming into this one, Arizona's three and two, and Dallas is two and three. The money line in this is Arizona minus 130, Dallas plus 115, the spread being Arizona minus two and a half. This one's kind of a toss-up game for me because I think the Cowboys have a lot of weapons, but losing Dak will really hurt them this week and the rest of the season. I think Andy Dalton's a solid option to replace Dak, but the defense really hasn't been able to stop anyone, and I think that will lead to their demise this week. Dak has been the one that has been able to dig them out of the holes the defense has gotten them into when they get down big early, and I just don't think Dalton will have that same type of success to carry this team back. The Cardinals are also coming off a big win, and Kyler and Hopkins really have it going, so I expect the two of them to stay on the same page, and that will lead them to the win. I would bet on this one with caution, but I would take Arizona. I think that with the injury to Dak, they're really weakened, so I think Arizona will take advantage of that. And I think that two and a half seems safe as well. It seems like the, the Cowboys can't defense can't stop anybody. So my picks this week are going to be Arizona money line and Arizona minus two and a half. But if you're going to put money on these games, I would bet with caution, but I would lean towards Arizona if I was going to put money on it. When it comes to fantasy, coming in at number three for Arizona, I've got Kenyon Drake. Hopefully they're up in this game and he's going to get a lot of carries and get some touches and get some yardage for you. At number two, I've got DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's been over 100 yards the last two weeks, so I expect him to be around there and for that to continue. And at number one is Kyler Murray. He's that dual threat. He's going to get you passing yards and rushing yards, so look for him to give you more points and be your starting quarterback again this week. For Dallas, coming in at number three, I've got CeeDee Lamb. The rookie has been pretty good this year. In the last few weeks, he's been putting up good numbers, and he's slowly moving into a must-start position. So look for CeeDee Lamb to continue to be good for the Cowboys this week. At number two, I got Amari Cooper. I think that Amari Cooper is going to have to be relied on a lot in this game. If Andy Dalton is going to be successful, he's going to need his top receiver to come up big and make those big plays for him. So I expect Dalton to be looking for him, and I expect Cooper to be making catches and make some big plays. And at number one, I've got Zeke. The Cowboys are going to have to establish the run if they're going to have any success at all, and they're probably going to have to run it more than they have been. So expect Zeke to get a lot of carries, and hopefully that leads to Zeke getting a good amount of yards for you and your fantasy team. Last game on the in-betweener slate is the Rams versus the 49ers. This one is the Sunday night football game in San Francisco. Coming into this one, the Niners are 2-3 and three and the Rams are 4-1. and one. The money line in this is Rams minus 175, San Francisco plus 150, with the spread being Rams minus 3.5. So I'm going to take the Rams money line and the Rams versus minus 3.5 in this one. 
it's in my in-betweener category because I want to kind of proceed with caution here. I think the San Francisco defense is weakened by all their injuries, and they really didn't look that great last week. And I think that the Rams and Goff have been pretty solid, so I think that they could take advantage of that. But at the same time, the Niners are pretty good offensively and could find a way to make up for what they did last week. So this easily could go the other direction because I really haven't been super impressed with the Rams. But I do think that the Rams defense and Aaron Donald will cause some chaos for Jimmy. And that's why I'm going to take the Rams both money line and spread in this one. So this one's in my in-betweener because if you're really feeling the Rams, I say go for it. But the Niners are one of those weird teams to me that you never really know because of injuries and who's been in and out of the lineup and just kind of their consistency. So I would take this one with caution, but I would lean towards the Rams. For fantasy, we'll start with the Rams. Coming in at number three is Robert Woods. He's been consistent, and he's been one of Goss' top targets along with Cooper Cup, who's my number two. So I'm going to kind of lump these two together because I've kind of got the same thing to say about them. They've both been Goff's top targets. They're going to get catches. They're going to get some yardage. They're going to be they're, – they're, they're good players. They're going to be your top receivers, some of the guys in every league. So look for them to get catches and yardage again for you this week. And my top guy is Jared Goff. I think that they're going to have to air it out if they're going to be able to beat San Francisco. So look for him to con- continue his solid season and put up some good yardage for you. For San Francisco, coming in at number three, I've got Jimmy G. Hopefully he bounces back. Last week he wasn't very good, so I expect him to be a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more back into the rhythm of the game this week and have a little bit better outing. Number two, I've got Raheem Mostert. He's been pretty good this year. He's known to break off a big run, so if he does that, just that one run alone will get you a solid number of fantasy points. So look for him to be solid this week. And my top guy is George Kittle. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. He's just a beast so he's always good for some points and he should be your tight end number one so look for George Kittle to have another good week for the for the Niners especially if they're playing behind against the Rams my first lock of the week comes in Colts versus Bengals this one will be at one o'clock in Indianapolis the Colts come in at three and two and the Bengals come in at one three and one the money line on this is Colts minus 360 and Bengals plus 300, with the spread being Colts minus 8. I think the Colts are going to win this one pretty easily. They should be able to beat a bad team like the Bengals. They're one of the better teams in the AFC, and their defense has been pretty good lately. Playing at home with some fans should be a nice boost to get back on track after the loss to the Browns and to help them keep pace with the Titans. I'll be at this game, so I'm excited to see Joe Burrow and see him in live action. So that should be fun, but I think that the Colts defense should be able to handle him in that offense pretty well, and hopefully Rivers doesn't make enough bad plays to make us lose this one or put it in jeopardy. Hopefully he can just be solid and we just don't have to worry about him this week. So I expect the Colts to win and to cover the eight-point spread, so those are my picks this week. I think it should be a good bounce-back victory for the Colts. For fantasy, coming in at number three for the Colts, I've got Phillip Rivers. Hopefully he can have a good day. I'm not a huge fan, but hopefully he can bounce back and we can get a win this week. At number two, I've got T.Y. Hilton. If we're going to get back on track, T.Y. is going to have to be better than he has been all season. So hopefully Rivers can get him the ball against a weak Cincinnati team. At number one, I got Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to be the key every week for the Colts. If we can establish the run and he can have a solid day behind our O-line, 
we're going to win games and we're going to be able to control the clock and control the ball and really dictate the terms of the games to the other teams. For Cincinnati, coming in at number three, I've got Tyler Boyd. I think they're going to be passing a lot, and Boyd has been a pretty solid target for Burrow all year. So look for Boyd to get some points. At number two, I've got Burrow. I think Burrow is going to be passing and playing from behind. So look for Burrow to be throwing once again. At number one, I got Joe Mixon. He's been one of their more solid guys most of this season. So I expect him to have a solid running day. The Colts' front line is pretty tough, but he's pretty good. And even if he's not running very well, he should be able to get some catches out of the backfield for them. My second and last lock of the week comes in the Ravens versus Eagles. This one will be at 1 o'clock in Philly. Coming into this one, Baltimore is 4-1 and one, and Philly is 1-3-1. and three and one. The money line on this is Baltimore minus 345 and Philly plus 290, with the spread being Baltimore minus 7.5. The Ravens are one of the top teams in the AFC and should be able to rock this weaker Eagles team. The Ravens are just one of those teams, in my opinion, that will whoop up on lesser opponents like they did last week against Washington, and I expect them to do something similar to the Eagles this week. Wentz has been better as of late, and it's really helped the Eagles, but it hasn't really resulted in wins. And I think that their weak defensive back and wide receiver units due to injury will kind of just end up hurting them in the end. So my picks this week are going to be Baltimore money line and Baltimore minus seven and a half. I think they're really going to come out and railroad the Eagles kind of like they railroaded Washington last week. And it should be a pretty good, fun game for Lamar and the Ravens. Some fantasy guys. We'll start with the Ravens coming in at number three. I've got Marquise Hollywood Brown. He's been good the last couple weeks, and I expect them to put up a lot of points, and the odds that he gets in the end zone are probably pretty high. And number two is Mark Andrews. He t- I feel like he gets targeted a lot, so look for him to make some more catches and make some plays and hopefully get in the end zone in a high-scoring ball game. And number one, I got Lamar Jackson. He's one of the top s- scorers of any fantasy player in the league, so he should be in your lineup, and he should be able to consistently just give you a good 20, 30, 40 points every week. For the Eagles, coming in at number three, I've got Travis Fulgham. He's been really good the last few weeks and has stepped up and become one of the major aspects in this Eagles offense, so look for that to continue. At number two, I've got Carson Wentz. He's been a lot better the last few weeks, limiting his turnovers, making better plays, and making better passes, so look for that to continue and for him to have a better fantasy week. At number one, I got Miles Sanders. He's been one of their consistent fantasy players all year. He's going to get some carries and get some good yardage, and he's also going to catch passes out of the backfield. So look for Miles Sanders to have another solid day for the Eagles. We're going to cap off the week six preview with my best bets of the weekend. Like I said last week, I'm a parlay guy, so I got three more parlays for you guys to look into this weekend. So we'll start with my first one. My first one is the 1 o'clock parlay. This parlay is three teams that are all playing out the 1 o'clock time slot. So that will be Baltimore money line, Indianapolis money line, and Tennessee money line. The odds on this are plus 153. So that's $10 to win $15.30. So that's something that I'm looking at this weekend. My next one up is my lock of the week parlay. This one is Indianapolis money line and Baltimore money line. This one is minus 149, so that's 10 to win $6.70. Odds aren't as good on that one, but if you put a good chunk of money on it, 
could be a nice payout for you. And then my last one is my full slate parlay. This one is going to be Baltimore money line, Indianapolis money line, New England money line, Miami money line, and Arizona money line. The odds on this are plus 365, which is $10 to win $36.50. So those are my best bets of the weekend. Hope you guys enjoyed our week six preview. And good luck this weekend on your betting. And hopefully some of these picks and some of the stuff I said will help you out with winning some money this weekend. On this episode of TV Time, we're going to talk about one of my all-time favorite shows, Chuck. So you can find this show on Amazon Prime currently. It is five seasons with one-hour-long episodes. The plot of this show is Chuck Bartowski, played by Zachary Levi, is a nerd herd associate at the local Burbank, California, Bymore. It's pretty much equivalent to being a Geek Squad member at a Best Buy. And then he gets a weird email from his old college roommate, which causes him to download a bunch of government secrets into his brain. So this causes the CIA and military to send in operatives to work with Chuck and use his new abilities to solve international crises. And it's pretty cool. They get into a lot of crazy situations. It's got some action, but it's also a comedy. And so as the seasons go, Chuck works with these agents, Colonel John Casey and CIA agent Sarah Walker, who's really, really hot, as a spy, and he gets cool updates to the information stored in his head. And eventually he kind of lets in his secret, his buddy Morgan Grimes, who's pretty funny, and he works at the Buy More with him. So it's kind of funny how they use the Buy More, and it's, it's pretty much just like a Best Buy, and it's just funny how they've got all these nerdy guys that work at a Best Buy working for the government. So it's a pretty light show. It's got some funny, nerdy humor along with a lot of like spy, funny spy stuff where they make fun of spies and like he brings up some like spy tropes from movies and stuff and it's pretty funny. Uh, this is one of the shows that really got me to like Zachary Levi. He's amazing in this show. He's really funny and he really just carries this show and brings all the energy and humor needed for his character. And it just really got me to really like Zachary Levi. So I'll pretty much watch anything Zachary Levi is in now just because of Chuck. So it's pretty funny. It's a great watch. Highly suggest this show. And you won't be disappointed if you give it a chance. I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode where we'll, we'll where we will review NFL Week Six and do another episode of TV Time. Enjoy today, guys. Peace. <laughs>